Method to the Madness is next. Listening to Method to the Madness, a weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. I'm your host, Lisa Kiefer, and today I'm interviewing Brooke Pesson Wedby. She's the author of Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. We'll be talking about her book and the gender identity spectrum. Welcome to the program, Brooke. Thanks. I'm really glad to be able to talk to you. Yes, I really enjoyed your book for children called Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. What age group are you targeting? So I'm an elementary school teacher. I work in Berkeley Public Schools, and I wrote this book mainly for elementary school kids, although there are lots of preschool teachers who are now using it with their students. So I would say from three on up. Okay. And I understand you've had a lot of success. How many printings are you at now? Well, we're on our second printing now. The first print run actually ran out faster than the publishers anticipated, so we just had a second print run of 5,000, and those are just coming into bookstores now, which is really exciting. That's so great. Congratulations. Thank you. You've chosen a topic, gender identity, which Mm -hmm. is a lot more common in people's vocabulary now than it Mm -hmm. used to be. What, What was your personal reason for writing a book like this? Sure. So I... I have been an elementary school teacher for for many years in in Oakland and in Berkeley. And as a teacher and as a parent, I've known many, many kids who don't fit into the gender boxes. And and none of us really fit totally into the gender boxes. But um, what was happening a couple of years ago, I had a second grade class where... Here you know, in the Berkeley, kids, right? Here in Berkeley, right, at Rosa Parks Elementary. And, and my students were asking me a lot of questions and... Um, there was one day, I'll remember, I'll never forget this day when we were walking um, across the playground, and I I was just walking my line back to class, but I was hearing these kids behind me from my class kind of in this great debate over the soccer game that was happening, and one kid was saying, oh my goodness, look at that shot, he's such a good he's such a good soccer player, and, and another kid said, no, she's a girl, look, she has long hair, and she's wearing a dress, and, and they kind of went back and forth, like, arguing over this soccer player, and when we got back to the classroom, they looked at me, and they said, well, Teacher Brooke, what's, which is it? Is, is that a boy or a girl? And that brought up a whole lot more questions, right? Like, how, how do you know if someone is a boy or a girl? And, you know, can you assume things just by looking at people? And what does that mean if someone says they're not a boy or a girl? And so that was the day where I sort of decided, well, I need to really sit down and address this, you know, in a deeper way with my class. Well, what I found by reading your book is that I wish that it was forced on adults to read, actually. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a kid's book. It's a beautifully illustrated picture book that's really meant to... And who's your illustrator? Cap- uh, Naomi Bardoff. They're really, really Yeah, great she did a wonderful job. When we when we were planning the book, we wanted to make sure that the illustrations made it so that any kid could pick up the book and see themselves reflected in it. Yes. So, And I think she did a really lovely job of, of that. Um, so she had beautiful illustrations. And, and really, we wanted to target the youngest audience because, you know, I've been a kindergarten teacher for most of my teaching life. That particular year, I was teaching second grade. But, you know, everything I do in my work is around translating big ideas into kid-friendly terms. And so the target audience really was younger, you know, the younger crowd. 
But like you said, it's it's for adults too. I mean, it's it, I've had so many adults come to me and say, "Gosh, I just I'm not really sure how to talk about this with my kids." I you know I might understand it as as an adult or be able to talk to other adults about it, but what's the language like? How do I answer my kids' questions? How do I how do I you know talk well, about I can what? Remember, does... my children actually educated me about sexuality and gender. My generation, we really didn't get any of that yeah. in school or in your teacher training. Were you taught how to address? the spectrum of gender? When did that start? Yeah, I so I actually was here at Cal about 12 years ago, and I don't remember. I mean, it's terrible to say, but I don't remember if this came up at all at that time. I mean, I certainly didn't go into the classroom after that feeling like, oh, I know how to talk about gender diversity with kids. I mean, it was many years. I had, you know, one year I had the younger sibling of a transgender girl. And, you know, we kind of just started thinking about what books were out there and wasn't a lot available. And then, you know, with my second grade class, I that day what we where we ended up at, you know, at the door with them saying, is, it, is that kid a boy or a girl? And I wanted to really get into that with them. I went home that night and I looked for books to help me kind of lead that discussion. And there were, there were a lot of books. I mean, I ordered 30 books that night off of Amazon and, and they were, many of them were very good, but none of them were just what I wanted because what I, what I was interested in was a book that would help me with the language to talk about stories. And, you know, stories are wonderful for kids and kids get to share their own stories through this book, but just giving the, the very simple language. Before they get so, hooked into these stereotypes. Right. Age. You know, just back to your question about the teacher training, I don't remember going into the classroom feeling very well equipped. And even as sort of an experienced teacher, I was scrambling for resources, which is why I then ended up you know, I just well, said, now I'm going to have to write this book. Now, I actually am a supervisor for pre-service teachers in the in the developmental teacher ed- education program here. Is it just and, California, or is this something that's happening everywhere? Do well, you know? you know, I know that right now, teacher in teacher ed programs, I mean, they are talking about it in the health classes. I mean, I don't know nationwide, but I know the conversation, like you said, is much more sort of out in, it's in the media. It's, you know, kids are asking, what does transgender mean? And what? There's more than two. There are so many new words in our vocabulary Mm -hmm. about sexuality and gender. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should just define some of these things for our audience, for those people who maybe don't understand. What is the difference? Sexual orientation is who you go to bed with, Mm -hmm. and gender identity is who you go to bed as. And I said, all right, that makes sense to me. So I've heard that a lot. A lot of people like to talk about that. And, you know, one thing that comes up is, oh, my goodness, we can't talk about sexual orientation with young kids. And, And we, for years in Berkeley, have been talking about, you know, different family structures, and that's sort of how we address that in you know for very young kids but I think when you start talking about identity people are even less comfortable you know knowing how to navigate all the different words that are out there right and so what I mean what I like to say is it's like learning a new language and once you practice and you get comfortable with the language it it becomes a little more fluent and Mm -hmm. and it gets easier to talk about so I think one thing I like about the book is that it offers people really simple language like if a kid's asking what does transgender mean what I would say to a really young kid is well when babies were born, the, they couldn't talk, and so their grown-ups made a guess about their gender by looking at their body. And sometimes the grown-ups guess right, and you know, and this is practically directly from the book. Sometimes grown-ups guess guessed right about a baby's gender, and that matches the way you know their body matches the way they identify, and that would be cis. cisgender. 
Um, and sometimes the grown-ups made a guess, and, and they weren't right. The get, grown-ups guessed wrong, and, and who you know, who a kid knows they are inside, their identity, is different than, than what their body you know, and today told, our science is so much better, mm-hmm. and we're able to know what's going on inside physically, and unfortunately maybe not when a baby is born, but I, I can envision some time where they're not going to hold up the baby and say, it's a boy, it's a girl. They're just mm-hmm. going to hold up the baby and say, it's a, it's a it's live a baby. human being. <laughs> right. Right? Right. Well, and I think that also speaks to how our idea of gender is widening, right? There are more than just two choices, and you know, this kind of gets into what does non-binary mean, what does you know, gender queer, trans, you know, some of those words. And, and I don't like to identify, I don't like to, to define words necessarily, because I think it's a really individual thing. And you'll talk to four different people that identify as non-binary, and they'll all have, they will all have a different way of describing themselves. So, you know, it gets a little tricky when you're talking about defining terms. But what I can say is that for, for words like non-binary, I think we're all starting to understand that, and many people have known this for for many many years many but cultures. you know across cultures across time non-binary trans folks have existed and have have definitely known who they are but i think in terms of our larger culture and and particularly for me as a teacher in a school it's coming up a lot more and and i think the language that's helpful to use with young kids is just there's more than two choices. There's more than two boxes. You know, some people think that there are only two genders, but there are actually really many genders. And here are just some of the words that people are using. And there are so many more words that are being created faster than we can keep up. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Method to the Madness, a weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Today I'm interviewing Brooke Pesson-Wedby, teacher and author of Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. What is the approach you take? Can you walk us through? Yeah, so the so the book is really, it's a nonfiction illustrated picture book. And so the idea is that there's no one character that has a story in it. You, any kid that picks up the book, any person that reads the book can bring their own story to it. And so it's it's kind of divided into the different parts of gender. So your body, your expression, and your identity. And it goes sort of chronologically through a person's life. When you're a baby, your body is sort of the leading factor that makes people get make a guess about your gender. And so the, the whole first section is about your body and how there's a difference between sex and gender and that some people get those confused. I like what you said about pink and blue that 100 years ago, boys wore pink and girls wore blue. Right. So then the next part is all about how we express ourselves, right? And colors and toys and clothes and hair all, you know, the way we act, our mannerisms, all of those are things that that help us express ourselves. But those are also the things that, you know, society kind of puts us in boxes and says, you know, girls are supposed to wear pink and boys are supposed to wear blue. But, you know, the example that you're talking about really brings up a lot around how that can change too, right? Mm-hmm. You you know, over time, society has said, you know, only girls wear earrings. And now we, you know, many of us probably know a lot of men who wear earrings or a lot of yes, and anybody who wears earrings. Yes, you probably know about um, this uh, movement in Japan. kind of came out of anime where they're trying to basically say that gender doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so rock band, the boys are wearing female, traditionally female yeah. outfits and makeup, mm-hmm. and yet they say they're boys. So 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it, it's like saying at some point this isn't going to be important. Right. And I think in, you know, in the school setting, what we do a lot of is we just talk about how clothes are just clothes. You know, some people say they're boy clothes and girl clothes. And if we walk into a store and we see a sign that says boys section and girl section. But really, clothes don't have a gender. Clothes are just clothes. And people should get to wear what they feel comfortable wearing and yeah. express themselves however they want. And so, you know, kind of getting away from the idea that toys I, have a gender. bring up some of the French monarchs and the kind of female clothing <laughs> traditional. I mean, there's there's a lot of ways that our gender boxes are getting broken, yeah. you know, historically. And, and now just there's a lot of ways that nobody really fits into the boxes that society is giving us for gender. And I think for kids who are feeling like, gosh, I don't really fit into this box, that can be really freeing to mm-hmm. see that, well, you don't have to fit into the box. You do get to be who whoever you are and express and yourself. And then it, instead of scorned, it's appreciated, right. hopefully, well, and, if, and I think classmates. Exactly. And I think that is a huge, one of the huge goals of this book, because a lot of the, the books that are out there right now have, you know, they're, they're wonderful books, and they're definitely they help with the discussion around different people's experiences, but there's a lot of negativity in, you know, the kids who are teasing other kids or the parents who are unsupportive. And I wanted this book to be all positive, all celebration, because, I, you know, if you don't fit into the gender boxes, that it's not just okay, it's... It's wonderful. It's something to be celebrated. And, it, you know, I think we can learn a lot from kids who are... Are you also involving parents in this discussion when you do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been doing parent education nights with Albany School District. There's family literacy nights. What's been some of the night. challenges of, of that? Or have you had any? Yeah, I mean, I think... Truthfully, I haven't had a lot of challenge yet. I mean, I know it's out there. You know, we're in a wonderful, the Bay Area is a wonderful place to be. And there are still, there's, you know, I think parents feel concerned. You know, kids are too young to talk about this. I would argue that kids are talking about gender from the time that they can talk. I mean, they're, they have messages around gender, you know, from a very young age. So they're already talking about it as, as adults, as parents and teachers. We just, get to decide if we want to be part of that conversation or not, because they're having the conversation. So that's one of the big sort of concerns that I hear frequently is, oh, we can't talk about this with kids. I mean, also, it's like, well, how do we talk about this with kids? You know, there are parents who might want to be talking about what does transgender mean, but they don't necessarily know how. So Mm -hmm. I think really just kind of supporting people to learn the new language is, you know, is kind of one of the ways to help parents who are feeling maybe a little bit nervous about Yes, and it gives them a lot of time before puberty Mm -hmm. sets in to plan, Mm -hmm. I mean, or to think about how they will approach it. I mean, I think one other thing that comes up a lot is that I can really see the difference between folks who know someone who is transgender Mm -hmm. or non-binary and people who don't. Because I think once you have a personal connection with someone, you know someone's story, you, you can relate on a human level, and then it's not so sort of sensationalized or, or you know, the, to you. or for exactly. And yeah. so I think one thing that is nice about this book is it really encourages people to tell their own story. And on the website of the book, um, the book has a website, kidsguidetogender.com, and there's a, a part where you can tell your story, and I, I really have been encouraging people to, to share their stories because I think as soon as you start to hear people's personal stories, it, it becomes a little more and understandable. Many oh, yeah, kids. Published? I mean, I've been getting teens from Minnesota have written in. We've got, you know, parents who have said, gosh, I took this to my child's preschool thinking that it would be great for the kids to learn from. But then it turns out one of the teachers said, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm transgender, and I have never really known how to talk about this with my students. 
points, and oh, this is great. my access point. So, yeah, lots of yeah. really wonderful stories. Well, let's get back to the book. Yeah. You get to a color wheel. Yes. So it starts off with the part about your body, and then it goes into the part about expression and all the different ways there are to express yourself. And then it gets into the part about identity and how some people's identity uh, matches with you know what their grown-ups thought when they were born, and sometimes it doesn't. So kind of the difference between what it means to be cisgender or to be non-binary or transgender or trans. And it goes through all the different words around um, all the different gender expansive words, all the, mm-hmm. the gender diverse terms that are out there. And then at the end, you know, the last page of the book says there's lots of ways to be a boy. There's lots of ways to be a girl. There's lots of ways to be a kid. And that's sort of the, the message that be who you are. The wheel at the end of the book was actually the reason that I wrote the book because I wanted to have a really concrete tool for kids. So that message at the end, there's lots of ways to be a kid can sometimes be abstract for kids. And so the gender wheel makes it really concrete. There's three different wheels that you can turn and you can mix and, and this match. This is a real physical, like a color wheel. It's rain- It's a rainbow. It's like a color wheel. And the, the center wheel says, I have, and it's about your body. So I have a body that made the grown-ups guess boy. I have a body that made the grown-ups guess girl. I have a body that made the grown-ups say, we're not sure. And then the the next wheel is the identity wheel, I am. And it says, I am a boy, I am a girl, I am both, I am neither. There's, it's you a, can put whatever. You, there, you're right. There's there's so many different terms there. One one of the lines says, I am not sure. There's a blank line. You can fill in the blank. If the I like word... that you left a lot of blanks in there as well. Well, there's no way category. I could possibly have captured every word. And yeah. there are new words out there that I don't even know about. So I wanted to make sure that with a blank line, you get to fill in however you do identify whatever words you use to describe yourself. There's a place for that. And then the last wheel is your expression. So it says, I like. So the the order is I have, I am, I like, and it really just keeps it simple. My body, my expression, my identity, my body, my identity, my expression. And a lot of kids, the way we've been using the, the gender wheel in the classroom is that we'll take other books. So we'll take I am jazz, for example, and kids will get to put jazz on the wheel and say, oh, jazz has a body that made the grown-ups guess boy, but she Ferdinand? is a girl. I, like your I know. Ferdinand is wonderful, too. Ferdinand is a great, you know, and that's one of the older, that's mm-hmm. one of the oldest books on my on my recommended book list yeah. there. I mean, I think that was sort of the original story where it was saying you don't have to be who other people want you to be. You get to be yourself. Yeah. And and I think that's one of the central messages of the book, too, is you are who you say you are. Other people don't tell you who you are. You're the one that knows you best. Yeah. And those are lines directly from the book. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Method to the Madness, a weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley, celebrating Bay Area innovators. Today I'm interviewing Brooke Pesson-Wedby, teacher and author of Who Are You? The Kid's Guide to Gender Identity. Have you thought about approaching this from a puberty level, another book? Because let's face it, at puberty, your body starts to change and the changes may not agree with what you think you are gender-wise. You know, like in Holland, they are doing studies of putting off puberty with hormones, which have been really successful, which allows a kid to, to figure it out. Yeah. And have you thought about doing something a little farther down Older age. kids? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. I actually I have thought about sort of the next book that I want to be writing. And 
more so than thinking about kids who are older, I'm I'm more thinking about kind of sticking with the younger crew and and thinking about the non-binary characters because those ki- those characters are really underrepresented in children's literature right now. And so, um, I mean, that's kind of where I've been going in terms of thinking about what's missing in the the book world. I mean, I'm a classroom teacher and I love using books as resources. So, so your um, next one would be more of a fictional account of a non uh, yeah with with a non-binary character because there are books with transgender characters and there are books with gender expansive kids who you know might identify as a boy and like to wear dresses there's a lot of really wonderful books out there but there are I haven't yet found a great book with a character who isn't a boy or a girl a character who doesn't use he or she pronouns um, and you know I know kids who who use they pronouns and you know their first grade classmates don't really know what to make of that and Mm -hmm. I know kids who are non-binary who don't use any pronouns at all and that can be linguistically challenging but I think if we see are seeing those characters in books it makes it a lot more accessible any kind of media Mm -hmm. actually you've been going around and reading this book at bookstores and sounds like you've gotten a great response oh yeah we've I mean I've been reading in the South Bay and Berkeley and have you been going anywhere else uh, I haven't yet gone anywhere else this summer. I'll go to the East Coast and we'll actually um, do a workshop at the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference in September. But on Saturday, I'm going to be at Laurel Books in Oakland at 3 p.m. So I'll be really excited to, to do a reading and a presentation for so the 3 adults. 3 p.m. at Laurel Bookstore. And that's... Oh, you know, one thing I really mm-hmm. liked about your book, at the end of your book, yeah. you give so much information about resources, both mm, for yes. students for parents, organizations, and you founded an organization, and and what is that? Yeah, so I founded the Gender Inclusive Schools Alliance, and that was a few years ago when I, as a parent in the Berkeley school system, I was thinking about, you know, wanting to reach out to other parents, and I just, and, and I think what happens a lot is that parents feel sort of isolated in their individual schools, especially in a district as small as Berkeley. And so the Gender Inclusive Schools Alliance is a group of families of transgender, non-binary, gender expansive kids. And, you know, on the one hand, it's it's a nice support group to kind of share experiences across this, the different schools, but also it's an advocacy organization because in Berkeley Unified School District, there is a very progressive policy. I think the district was one of the first to adopt um, a policy around transgender rights, and um, I think it's called the Gender Identity and Access Policy. And so, so bathrooms and yeah, bathrooms, locker rooms, just the the information system. So how you're you know on the forms and the technology, the way it's you're entered into the system, curriculum, professional development, all of that is addressed in this board policy and the administrative regulations. And so the Gender Inclusive Schools Alliance is really there as the families in the district to say, hey, we want to support all of the efforts that the district is making. We appreciate that so much. And and we all know that operationalizing policy can be challenging because there's just lots of steps to be taken. So we've been really working with the district to do that. And wonderful things that have come out of that group are that now there are non-binary gender marker options in the Berkeley school system. In grade schools as well? Absolutely. So you can 
you know, you can have your gender marker be non-binary. There, there's an all-student bathroom at every elementary school now, and, and we're working with the district to think about how to get even more access for kids who need all-student bathrooms. Um, so, yeah, some wonderful things have come from that family group. And then also just you mentioned the, the resources on the website. Oh, it's um, fabulous. You have books, films. Yeah, for adults and children. So, it's really great. And the idea behind that was really that as a teacher, I don't expect folks to be able to pick up this book and teach it right away in their class. I mean, there's a lot of groundwork that needs to get laid in order for it to be successful in the classroom. I mean, you need to have a gender-inclusive space where, you know, you've got a school culture where talking about this is, you know, okay. is part of the norm and, and you're talking about diversity and individuality and, and all of that. So I wanted to give teachers those resources before you read this book here. You know, if you go onto the website, kidsguidetogender.com to the resources section, you'll be able to find all the different books and, and lessons that you can do before you read Who Are You? Yeah. And then after that, too, being able to access different people's stories. I mean, in my school, we've watched videos of kids who are sharing their stories, and it's, it's a nice access point for kids to, to be able to connect the book Who Are You just to real life and real people. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of resources for educators and then also for families. Um, there's a lot on the website around how can you make your school more gender inclusive? Because I think that's one of the main concerns I hear from parents of gender expansive kids is I want to support my school to be more inclusive, yes, but I'm not sure how. The statistics are horrible once you reach adolescence and you are transgender, the suicide rate is very high. Yeah, I think because, it's over 40%. Yeah, uh, it's, it's too high. Yeah. And it and, mm-hmm. and that's why the other I feel like this book is so important. Mm-hmm. It's going to nip that in the bud and create an environment that's going to be so much more freeing mm-hmm. for these young students. And you're also you're also creating allies because yeah. you know, this book and the curriculum is not just about the gender expansive kids, the non-binary kids, the transgender kids. It's about all kids. And actually it's almost more important for the other, you know, all of the kids in the class and in a school to to understand gender diversity because, you know, it really benefits all kids. And and really, even in the younger at the younger ages, kids are really just curious, right? Yeah. Like they they'll see a kid and say, you know, huh, is that a boy or a girl? But for that student, if they're being asked over and over again, are you a boy or a girl? You know, it's not necessarily intended in any kind of mean way, but it can feel like, you know. It can feel ostracizing. It it really can. And I think that as a teacher at a school, I feel like it it is our responsibility as as educators to create the space where we, the adults, are the ones educating our community and our class so it doesn't have to fall on the shoulders of a five-year-old to explain gender diversity to 500 students at a school. I'm very excited about a world where none of this matters. Yeah. You know, I I have always thought about my job as a teacher, and, you know, I've said this before, I've always thought about my job as a teacher and as a parent as, you know, I'm, I'm here to kind of help kids grow up and do good things and be good people and go out into the world. Like, I'm preparing my kids for the world. Um, but in writing this book and doing this work, I've realized that my job is really so much more than just that. It's really, we're preparing the world 
for our kids. Things are changing. And the thing is, you know, National Geographic calls it the gender revolution. The, that issue just came out in January, a fantastic National Geographic issue that came out with a documentary with Katie Couric. And, you know, I think it is a gender revolution. And I think it's it's a reflection of the transformation that's happening yeah, in our society. Yeah, it's a transformation in, in many different ways, not just culturally, but scientifically. Absolutely. It's like we now know how sexuality how the spectrum occurs mm-hmm. and where you, you if you want to know exactly where you are on the spectrum, it's pretty easy to figure that out, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's it is really interesting the science behind yeah. it and the and the relationship between science and society and transformative period. And I think what I like to say is that transformation starts with a conversation. And who are you as a book that helps you start that conversation? Well, congratulations on your book. I thought it was just lovely. Thank you. And again, you'll be doing a reading tomorrow. I'll be doing a reading tomorrow at Laurel Books at 3 p.m. And I encourage folks to go to the website, kidsguidetogender.com. There's all sorts of other resources that people can access. That's all one word, kidsguidetogender.com. Kidsguidetogender.com. Great. And um, go buy the book for your local library, for your local public school, for your grandparents. I mean, people are really making sure that it's getting out there into the world because it's it's not just for kids it's for everybody i agree thank you so much thank you that was brooke pesson wedby the author of who are you the kid's guide to gender identity you can find out more about gender identity and her book at kidsguidetogender.com been listening to Method to the Madness, a weekly public affairs show on KALX Berkeley celebrating Bay Area innovators. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes University. We'll be back next Friday at noon.